You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, YouTube listeners and everyone out there in Earth Station One world. That's right. You're not seeing a flashback to old-time Earth Station One. Bobby Nash is with us tonight. Welcome, Bobby. Oh, it is so good to be back. It's been a, it's been a minute. It has been. It has been. Yeah. Uh, for those who are new to the show, Bobby Nash used to be one of our co-hosts for quite some time. Yeah, back in I, long, longer ago than... It feels like it doesn't feel like it's been that long. No, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. You still day wake up screaming at night because <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> well, so I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and I said, Yeah, I was a co host a couple of years ago. And then I got to doing the math, and I'm like, No, it was longer than that. <laughs> I think, but it's, it's been, not been long enough where people don't think it's still the Bobby Nash. Yeah, show. well, people, people at cons <laughs> will come up to me. Why'd you get, why, why did you get rid of Bobby? You know, it's like. <laughs> It's, yeah, I get, didn't get rid of Bobby. <laughs> it's so funny because I do get people at at cons who listen back then as well, mm-hmm. who ju- are just people are convinced there is some kind of animosity between the three of us. Is why I left. No, there's nothing. That's the <laughs> thing. It was so funny. Well, uh, we were we were at not since not since the court, not since the court. Yeah, but I remember right after right after I had stopped being being a co-host. I remember we were at. I want to say it was the Atlanta Comic Convention, the one day show. And there was a guy there who was asking about it. And Mike Faber was standing within earshot, you know, and, but the guy didn't see him. And mm-hmm. so I just figured, being the smart aleck that I am, I just played into it. And I started just feeding this guy a line. <laughs> and then once I realized I had him hooked, I went, isn't that right, Mike? <laughs> and I was like, point, Mike just kind of comes in and he starts laying it on this guy. So, yeah, like, so it was, yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn it, Nash, your ego just got too big for the show yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and let's set it straight right now. In all truth, we love Bobby. He is so, he's integral to the history of Earth Station One. We couldn't, we probably wouldn't still be doing it for, you know, you know, because of Bobby was great, you know, and when he and, came on board and yeah, cause that was when, that was kind of when you guys had your first big growth spurt too, I think. Oh was yeah. Right around that time. Cause you guys started, we, that was when you introduced uh, earth station who, and mm-hmm. that was around that time when all that it, stuff started. Exactly. Cause if you remember when we first started the show, we always talked a lot about Dr. Who on the podcast mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And, and it was like three hours long. <laughs> It, they were three-hour episodes a lot of times. Yeah. Heck, there was one episode we ended up doing that was – we had to split into two episodes because it was almost mm-hmm. like four and a half hours. We recorded it, I think, at Titan Comics. Uh, yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah, that's the uh, anniversary of Batman episode mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. And it was like – I think even though we split it up, I think each part was still over two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. It, we just talked about everything and under I the mean, sun. it's Batman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, exactly. I remember too, though, you know, speaking of that, those were some of my fondest memories were when we would do the at in person, excuse oh, yeah, me, in person events at comic shops or conventions or wherever we were doing them. We, we had several of those and those were always a, a good time. We were trying at the time, I think, doing them once a month or once something. Month, yeah. And we hit several, yeah, because we hit several different comic shops and places like that around and exactly it was fun yeah exactly and it was it was always a blast to do that kind of stuff but and you know we'd always advertise and we'd get like two or three people show up to mm-hmm. to, to, to join us in the show or when we did our station one 200 i remember we had a whole bunch of people we did it at odin comics which is no longer in business yeah and, and then we did one of them. A lot of, a lot of shops that we were at. Yeah. Were no longer yeah. in business we killed them. <laughs> we killed it. Thank you. Rock shop. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, we did, because we did the big one at Titan. Now they're still there. 
But yeah. one of our anniversaries were it was at Titan and Smyrna. Right. There was a I forget which one, but there was a bunch of us there. Oh yeah. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, so it was a good time. Yeah. They were always were fun doing those. But it was always interesting because you also were able to introduce us to a lot of writers and a lot mm-hmm. of folks in the comic industry and everything. And then it was always great to be able to do that. And like you said, it was the total growth period because that's when ESO Network mm-hmm. was just starting up. And because we split split it off into Earth Station Who, and actually you were even on the first episode of Earth Station yeah. Who with us and everything when we talked yeah, about Yeah, I think I was on episode. for a while there when we were doing like when new episodes were airing. I was on right. pretty regularly because we were watching it every week. And, right. And, and we did that. We did that one. Was it one of the, was it the anniversary episode? It may have been oh. the 50th where we did it. Then we, then time, uh, Timegate had the, the we showing, ran, the screening. We ran to the hotel to go yeah, see it. Yeah, ran to the hotel, the... did that. Then we watched the five-ish doctors and then we did a show. And yeah, it was, it was so, yeah, that stuff was just amazingly fun. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it feels like yesterday, but when you look at it, that was 10 years ago. I know, right? Exactly. And it's like, we have the gray hairs to show it all of us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I saw a picture. Someone posted a picture the other day of me from a, a convention in 2010. And yeah, none of this gray was here. <laughs> the, uh, that, that photo shoot that we did with, uh, Sue, where mm. we were, you know, with the, with the satellite dishes and behind us and everything, that was still one of my favorite, like, photo shoots I've ever been part of. Yeah. That, that was, was fun. So I, I love that. And that, that location. You know, with those, yeah, those satellite dishes was awesome. And we, we filmed, I know we, we shot in several different locations, but yeah, those are. Yeah, and we know, tried doing, emulating the Joshua tree. From yeah, the I've seen that. Album. I've seen a couple of people wear the shirts over the years and uh, oh, it's, yeah. been, it's pretty cool. Well, hey, <laughs> hey wait tag, a minute. I got I'm on your chest. photo once and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not in this photo. And I realized, oh, they're wearing an ESO shirt. I guess I am in this photo. <laughs> It is cool to, you know, do to do that. And you have been massively busy though, sir. You know. We've who seen... knew who knew that the apocalypse would be good for my career? <laughs> <laughs> let's, well, but... let's 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 look at this for a second. Okay, so 2022, you released 13 short stories. You completed 13 short stories, five novels and novellas, 18 comics for a total of 36 different projects. Yes. That's like now that's got to be a big year, even for you. That's a big year for me. Yeah, I. It's it comes. It's weird how it works. Like like you you mentioned the number of comics, comics especially writing comic scripts, is is very much either a feast or famine. I will go like a year or two or three years and not get a single piece of comic work, at all, and then all of a sudden, in one year from multiple publishers, I get all this comic work, which is awesome. And, uh, but it's just, it's weird how it just kind of dumps on you at one time. Cause, uh, cause all the comic work is work for hire. These were companies, you know, bringing me in to write these. So, so that was fun. And I love comics. Comics was my first love. That was where I learned how to write was doing comics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So getting to do, getting to do, do some comics was pretty cool. Um, you know, and most of, m- most of them should come out this year. Because you know you work gotcha. your head, right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to, I'm excited to see how they come up, come out. Because a lot of times I don't see the art until the book is done. Well, it's always yeah. interesting. Like with you know doing that, do you have to ever sign like any NDAs so that you can't discuss stuff? Sometimes some publishers are 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 more, yeah, everything's top secret. Others are not. Like I'm I'm doing uh, six of the comics that I wrote. They told me I could talk about it's um it's for an educational publisher, but it's crime fiction set during historical, real historical events, and so they do everything in bundles of six because they sell them to libraries primarily. Right. Okay, and so so I had to pitch them six standalone comics that, and they gave me the historical event, and then I wrote a crime fiction story that tied into the event. Um, so they gave me the great Chicago fire of 1871, the, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the Titanic, uh, 
Mount St. Helens erupting, uh, the blackout in New York in 77, Son of Sam, and Hurricane Katrina. So those were the six historical events they gave me. And then I came up with different crimes to work around those. So that was fun. That was a lot of research, too, because I also had to write three pages of real history about the event sure. to, to, to go with it. So, so it was a lot of research, very heavy research stuff. But it was fun. All six of them are written. Five of them have been edited and approved. Just waiting on the last one edits to come in. So that was that was big fun. Very nice. Yeah. And Man, then I'm just... doing a I'm doing a couple of mini series. Uh, I can't go into details on those yet, but uh, I'm doing a couple of mini series for a company who is working with producers, and they are developing them for streaming. So the first oh, really? one I've already turned in. And the screenwriter, while the artist is doing the comic, the screenwriter has already written it into screenplay format. So they'll mm. be filming that. I want to say I want to say next year's when they're going to film that. So yeah, so stuff like that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty awesome when you can do stuff like that, and yeah. you know, then you get to see your stuff not only in print but also up on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And more people pay attention to that. <laughs> oh you yes know. go figure oh it's a movie great I, you know it's like you know but like, um oh you're the one who wrote that oh yeah. come on on yeah. board sir you know because like the fan those star trek fan films i did you know i get more attention for those just because they're they're filmed they're watchable you don't have to p- do that pesky reading oh i remember um, when you did the stuff for the farragut i remember yeah. when we went to the farragut because you know you were there as the big celebrity and yeah i know i felt really good like, <laughs> i, I want to go back they're they're doing the 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 people that own that set are doing tours now mm-hmm. they had one last weekend i, I want to go back one time they, i think they do one weekend a month or mm-hmm. every other month or something like that and because they've built a few sets since i was there last time there's an right. engine room there's right. uh i think there's a green screen planet you know set right. i'd love to go back and visit again that was a that was an incredible just that was an incredible place to go i think we all had a blast oh yeah and there's a lot, of, a lot of ways it was a dream come true yeah. i mean i know it wasn't really the sets but it was the next best thing yeah well, well i know it, i know i've it got was photos always cool to do too yeah and i know i've got photos of all of us standing on like the transporter pads and there's one where we're there was a, uh, there was the three of us. Plus, it was a other a lot of other ESO people, and we were on the bridge. And Mike is in the captain's chair, and then Mike and I are are doing the Sulu and Chekhov, you know, stations. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are just kind of around us. And that it's a great picture of all of us. And, it's like, yeah. would you trust these people to come to your planet? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's always what made it great. Yeah, that's on one of my screensavers on my computer, and it pops up, and it's like. Oh, there's trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was such a such a fun, fun time. And and those sets are just so gorgeous. And um, yeah, so it's really I'd, I'd I'd love to get back. It's been several years now since I've seen them and I'd love to get back down and well I remember we had again. everyone down there because we had Dr. Scott, we had mm-hmm. Anthony Taylor, we had I think was Maddox there, I think. Yeah, yeah Maddox was there. Yeah. 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 I so. remember because that was the second time I had been there. And so I remembered how I felt the first time I went because the way the that set is designed, unless you look straight up, it's an all-encompassing oh, illusion, yeah. especially in the corridor. Mm-hmm. And they would let you get; they would have you get up right next to the the door, and then the the turbo lift would open, and it's just like suddenly you're there. And I remember how that felt. So. One of the good things I did was I kind of stood back and let everybody that had never been there before, like Mark and Anthony, you know, watching mm-hmm. them go through the door because they were doing that for every person individually and just watching the look on their faces as they went through the door for the first time. That was that was exciting for me, too, because I remember how that felt when well, I did it, it was awesome because Gordon actually met me at the door to the building and said, all right. Do you trust me? And I went, (laughs) and he says, close your eyes. Still that way. Still that way. And and he said, and he said, close your eyes and I'm going to guide you. And so he guided me through and then he said, okay, open your eyes, open my eyes. I was in the hall of the enterprise. And when we were, and when we were there, they had the colored lights on too. So it really 
sold the illusion. Oh, oh God, yeah. such a beautiful, yeah, such a beautiful set. They and, and you know they, they had the Jeffrey's tube, they had the sick bay, they had you know they had the mess hall. It was just, it was awesome. And yeah. then when you walk on the bridge, it's just like, oh yeah. yeah. And and and, the, and it was and they didn't treat it like uh, it was precious. It was no, go sit, touch, play. Yeah. No, you, you know. can't sit in the captain's seat. Yeah. <laughs> I have a nice photo of me, you know, sitting in the captain's chair. I, you know, uh, but my favorite spot of the entire sets, I went and stood in the Jeff or in the uh, turbo lift at the back of the bridge mm-hmm. and looked out over the bridge. And I think that's my favorite spot mm. of, to be there. It was just, excuse me, it was so cool. It was just really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's then the, tran- that, the transporter yeah, room too. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Well, also too, because that's if you you know watching Star Trek, we very I don't think we ever saw the camera look out from the turbo lift, so it was a unique mm-hmm. perspective. And so, yeah, it was just yeah, that was cool stuff. That was that was a fantastic weekend, and I think we had because we were doing. You know, there was like a mini convention in there because we were set up. I know I had books out and you guys were interviewing mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. and so we were doing all that stuff. And it was the same room where uh, Mike Gordon and I went when they when they premiered the episode that I wrote. And they played it up there on the, the, the big wall. And yeah, that was a that was a that was a moment. <laughs> yeah you were a little foot clamped it was okay I, I was a whole lot <laughs> it was uh it was just it was so cool especially like seeing my name up there and it was just so oh yeah it, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it so that was that was cool and uh, we should we should also point out to people who are seeing this for the first time maybe or are not aware uh the Farragut Star Trek fan films I believe are still available on YouTube you can yep. watch them uh I know that they you know, there were some complications with Paramount and all that, but the ones that they filmed and shot, I think, are yep. still readily all, available. They put all of them out, and they're actually doing a new one. Really? They are, right. curr- they are currently doing one called Farragut Forward. It takes place during the movie era. So the Farragut, really? in their last episode, the Farragut takes a beating and is going in to be refit. In Farragut Forward, they're in the Wrath of Khan jumpsuits and oh, the red stuff. Yeah, oh. there's a there is a trailer. They did shoot a small trailer that opens up where they've been captured by Klingons, and looks really good. So you guys want to go look that? It's really good. But they're filming it now. I think they're doing a they are doing like a a thing to raise money to pay for sets and stuff. But they're filming it now. Mm-hmm. I just saw some shots from this weekend's filming they were doing it looks good um mm-hmm. those guys and those guys man watching their progression they have come leaps and bounds from from where they started as just you know guys where, where going, they, wouldn't it be cool to do our own star trek to oh, these yeah. guys are having a professional looking product and, well yeah. it's gotten so much easier to do special effects and everything mm-hmm. over the last 10 years yeah. since and, we were down there and stuff i'm sure mm-hmm. yeah and they're learning i mean they're learning with everything they do and and you know people who are who work in the film business who are fans have chipped in and are working with them and so they've picked up a, you know they've picked up a lot of skills and uh, they do a fantastic job with costuming and set design and yeah, they're fun. It was fun. I I I had a blast doing it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. It's uh, you know, and I got to write I got to write Star Trek. It was <laughs> how cool is that, dude? That so is always I, awesome. I have to ask you on your output last year, um, since it was uh, yeah, so varied, and I know that everything that you wrote has not been released yet, right? Um, however, I do wonder, has there been anything outside of the comics so, so much as anything that you did short stories wise or novel wise that was uh, a genre that you hadn't touched yet that you were really excited about tackling? Uh, not really. I didn't really do anything too, too crazy. There was a little bit of fantasy, which I don't do a lot of, but nothing too, too outside of, you know, I've never done this before. Um, you know, there was Western stuff, which I don't do a lot of, but, um, mm-hmm. but it was weird Western, that horror Western thing. So that kind of, 
um, stuff like that. I wrote some murder mysteries and some pulp stuff and snow and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so nothing really, yeah, there weren't, it wasn't a lot of experimentation. Um, Although I do have one this year I'm going to uh, write that's a little out of the norm of what I normally write. Mm-hmm. Um, actually my plan is if all, you know, barring any pickups in the road, my plan is to start working on it next month. We're going to do some, my dad and I are going to take some trips and do some research. Um, so yeah, we're, we're working the, we're working the road trips into the research. So that's good. We're going to do that. And I'm going to well, write It's always that. great to see the road trips that you guys take. Oh, we have a, we have a ball. We have a ball. It's, that was one of those things too, during the, during the quarantine where everybody was like, you know, stay away from everybody. Those road trips became that thing that keeps you sane. You know, it keeps you from just going stir crazy being stuck in the house. Oh, sure. And, you know, because we, we discovered you don't have to go anywhere to take a trip. You can just, we're going to head toward this direction and we'll go till we get ready to turn around and we'll come back a different direction. And, and so we have, we have traveled to some very interesting places. Now we've been doing it a few years now. So we do, we, we revisit a lot of the same places over and over again, but, um, but yeah, it's fun. We'll, we'll take, you know, it's like, you know what, we haven't been here. Let's go there. And now that things are not as quarantined as they were, we're looking, I'm finding like used bookstores and comic shops I've never been to. And, you know, stopping and visit those. My dad loves motorcycles. We stop and look at the motorcycles. And so different things like that. And I found a lot of really cool books and used bookstores that were just, you know, had to come home with me. And well, I always love like Bobby's finds of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I, where you post up on Facebook. Between that and, you know, finding, you know, with thrift books and eBay and a books and all those places, I find stuff. And I'm like, I don't really need that. The next thing I know, it's like, it's in your inbox. Oh, well, I won't get it. I'll save it for later. Oh, it's on its way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I found some really cool, um, looking for out of the norm, out of the norm stuff. Not, you know, not stuff I would go to the comic shop and buy it. Just right, looking right. for things. And so I've stuff that for whatever reason, you know, when I was younger, like when I was in my twenties or thirties collecting, I would look at some of this stuff and go, that's kid stuff. I don't want that. But now I look on it with a bit of a different viewpoint and it's like, Ooh, these things are really cool. Like came in the mail today was a little box set of Superman books. They're storybooks with sto- uh, like story and spot art. And they're only like, they yay big. Right. And they're, they're, they're definitely made for kids. And when I was in my twenties and thirties, I wouldn't have cared a lick about those. But now there's uh there's something about those that I just find so cool. And I think so, it's funny too, and how sometimes they're mislabeled and such when you go to mm, like an antique store or a thrift shop and you go, Oh, I know what that is. Sure, I I'll see, take that for five bucks. Sure. Yeah. I see the word vintage put on comics a lot in in those type of places, but, but yeah, I find some pretty cool stuff and it's like, uh, there's a couple of different stores. We, every couple of months we'll go visit certain ones over and over again. There's a great one in North Carolina that I go in there and for like five bucks, I come out with like 30 books. That's awesome. And they're good stuff. Like I got the whole sixties run of the Tarzan reprints with those psychedelic covers Mm -hmm. for 75 cents a piece. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take those all day long. And so, so yeah, so stuff like that, that's cool. And so, but it also gives us time. We, we enjoy the trip. We enjoy our, each other's company. And, um, you well, know, that's also going to be time you chat, you cherish later on. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the time I got to spend with my dad. And yeah. Everything. And we, we, yeah, we have a good time. We, we, we kind of made a joke out of it. I started taking photos when we traveled and I would joke about, I'd make jokes about, Oh man, that'd be a great place to hide a body, <laughs> you know? And so yeah, it's research for a future book. And so it's kind of become a joke of well, what kind of, what do you need in your next story? Great. We'll go find that. And so I'm taking all kind of photos, like the, the six book in the snow series, the location changed when I wrote it from when I plotted it, because we rode into the mountains in Highlands, North Carolina. 
and we saw the, there's a river that runs down the side of the mountains, lots of waterfalls, beautiful, beautiful. And during the winter, it's just stark and cold and, and it's perfect location. So that location became the location in the book. And I was snapping all kind of photos of this can go here and I can, you know, and photos and videos. So that way, when I write it, I can just look at those and I'm there again. And it, you know, it helps me describe the place a little better. And so we've been doing a lot of that and going like, oh yeah, I could set something here. Or, you know, I could kill somebody over there. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> makes know? these road trips now write-offs. It's research. Exactly. Yeah. And they so it's like, a... so yeah. So, and you know, and it gives us something to, you know, to talk about. It gives me stories to tell, like, like now telling these, you know, and yeah, it's fun. We have a good time. We enjoy it. My dad loves to drive. That's something him and my mom did a lot after they had both retired and he loves that. So we do it and, you know, uh, we have a good time. I get a good nap in where it's great. <laughs> I'm not awesome. driving. I'm not driving. <laughs> I should probably say that. I'm yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Um, How many cars have you gone through now? <laughs> yeah. No, he, he loves to drive. So he drives and usually on the way back from wherever we're going at some point, I'm like, <laughs> And so, so I get in good naps. It's great. You know, uh, it's yeah, a it's win-win fun. Win-win we, situation we for everybody. Yeah. And we, we, we try different restaurants and, you know, we try to, you know, local restaurants or, you know, we don't, you know, we're not going to Burger King and McDonald's and Wendy's and that kind of stuff. We're trying to find right. cool places to eat. And, and so, yeah, so it's, it's fun. We have a good time doing it and uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, and that's the cool thing about it. Are you doing any extra work anymore for TV or movies or anything? Because um, I knew you were doing that pretty heavy for yeah. a while. Uh, it's been kind of slow uh, because after the, well, obviously during the pandemic, you know, things yeah, slowed down. But once it started picking back up, with, I have to work it around the writing. And mm-hmm. taking one day is not bad. But I would have to say if I was going to work on Wednesday – I would have to go south of Atlanta on Monday, take a COVID test. That's three. That's a three-hour round trip. I'd have to go on Tuesday, t- t- back down there, three-hour round trip, take another COVID test, then come back, then go to work on Wednesday, take one there. Mm-hmm. And so that's three days. It was hard to work that. So I haven't done a lot. Um, I did actually apply for one for this week. They're filming in winder where i live oh yeah <laughs> so whenever they film in winder i try you know the last thing i did i only did one thing last year uh they filmed a john travolta movie here in winder and i i i never saw them casting anyone locally but it was right i i would drive past base camp every day and i was like so i saw the name so i emailed the company and says hey just just to let you know i'm an actor i live five minutes from base camp if you need anything, I'm mm-hmm. here. And so she goes, well, great. I'll keep you in mind. And I didn't hear anything. And I get a, I get an email. that says, Hey, the, we're, we're coming up on our last day of filming. Can, can you play a fry cook? And I'm like, sure. So I went and played a fry cook. I didn't get to meet John Travolta. He did not work that day. Uh-huh. Um, but I met the villain. Actually I cooked because I was cooking real food in a real restaurant. And so I actually ended up cooking for part of the cast because they were like, hey, we heard there's food. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so if Brad, if, if Brad, Dur- uh, oh, Brad, Dor- or what was it, Brad Dorf, Dorf, Dorf yeah. um, he was in the, in Blade, was it Brad Dorf? Not Brad Dorf. Yeah. Yeah, if he drops over dead, it's probably because I poisoned him. <laughs> oh. um, but it's been a while, so I think he's okay. Um, but I did that last year, so I don't know when that's coming out. It's called American Metal. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, but but then this thing this week is a TV show. And okay. so I applied for it, but, you know. You'll see. Um, yeah, and I applied for one other. Uh, Gotham Knights is looking for someone to play a dead guy. And they were looking for people with experience. And I was like, wait, I played a dead guy once. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I haven't heard back from either of them and i may may not you know so mm-hmm. um yeah the one in winder is a show called zoltar it is a oh, yeah, sequel, I saw, I it's a sequel. yeah the sequel to yeah. big yeah 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 
Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That so I'm really looking awesome. to get back into doing more of that because you're not having to go as many days now. Like if right. I get the one on Thursday, I would have to go Wednesday and do a COVID test. So it's just two days. So, and that close to home, you know, it's, it's hard not, to, it's hard not to want to work that close to home. Um, sure. So, yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah. So I'd love to do more. It's just, you know, it's when it happens and when you can find stuff and uh, they're still not doing big, they're not doing as much still. I mean, there's, they're, they're, picking back up but there's still a lot of stuff that's not getting done but but they are no, filming more and more stuff out and certainly we've lost a lot of shows you know like the walking dead stuff wrapped up and mm-hmm. um the spinoffs i don't think shoot here mm-hmm. um and you know that ended um something else macgyver ended and something else that was filming here ended and so yeah so there's a, several you know things like that have just stopped and so but there's always something going on i'm getting yeah. i've seen notices all the time so yeah. it's not like it's yeah hurting for for business um regarding uh shows different kind of shows cons you've already done your first con of the year yep yep did uh, acc and, last weekend uh, yeah how did that go and what's your schedule going to be like this year uh it was good i mean acc is always a fun time it how was did the crowd look it was busy, but not quite, it wasn't quite as busy as it was right before the pandemic shut everything down. You know, mm-hmm. it was used to be like super crowded and we're not quite at those numbers yet. We're probably getting it to 800, 900 people there, but they're not there at the same, like in the morning there's, you know, there'd be that big <laughs> crush of people and that's not the case. And, and I have heard from some people that are just like, I'm not paying to park. Yeah, oh, that's right. right. The hotel's paying them. Yeah, Marriott. Marriott has gone to a pay to park. Apparently, it's a Marriott thing now, um, and it, it's not expensive. It's like eight bucks if you're there an hour or two. But there's some people that's where they draw the line. So, um, but it was still good. It was it was still a nice crowd. I I sold some stuff. Um, you know, it, there were there were constantly people in and out. So, so yeah, so still a fun show. That show has been going on for 29 years. Wow. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was like we said earlier, like it feels like I was just a couple of years ago here. I've been doing that show since their first one. You know, I think out of the 29 years, I've missed like six. Wow. 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 Yeah. So considering they did four a year, four a year. And now, cause see, now Wes, who runs the show, Wes was very kind to me. He was giving me table space and calling me a guest when I was printing my comics out on, you know, photocopiers and stapling them together myself. And he was giving me space. And, you know, for that, I am ever so grateful, you know, that helped me learn how to do it, how to talk to people as a guest, how to learn how to you know, act in, in that capacity. And so, yeah, so I'll, I'll do that show until they tell me to stop coming. So, (laughs) and they still, I like, you know, the one thing I do like about that show too, is that, I mean, you can get great deals on trades and stuff too, in the one room, but in the hallway, there's always, you know, independent creators. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems like every time they do a show, there's a couple of new faces, everyone, you know, every once in a while. So that's always cool. He's, it's not just the same artists, the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some that have done it like you, but there's other people like it seems to be uh, he's, he rotates them out and yeah. there's fresh faces almost every time there. Yeah, there were a couple of new faces I didn't know, um, people that I didn't know this time I introduced myself to. Um, local comic creators, you know, they're showing off their books and it's always cool to get to meet more local people and that do it and because there's a lot of people in our area that that are creative that are publishing comics and novels and whatnot, and um, yeah, it's really cool to to meet new people and, and yeah, it was always fun. And yeah, and uh, you know, we had. I think I'm just kind of grandfathered in, but uh, you know, I'm kind of like that's my spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Like I just kind of you know, me and Jason Flowers. I think you know we're kind of like the we have our spot that's and, bobby and jason's spot don't yeah, ever take yeah, it yeah yeah uh, and we're generally we're up near the front we're like the first usually the 
like there's a main guest and then there's us, you know, um, we didn't actually have a main guest the last time. It was just us. And, um, but it was fun. We had a good time and it was just a fun day. And, uh, yeah, I, I bought some, I spent more money than I should have, but, but I sold That's, some stuff too. So, you know, and, and on the horizon, what do you got coming up? On February 4th, I'm doing a, uh, publishing talk and a, a book signing at the crazy cat lady in Ackworth, which is nice. a bookstore. So we're going to do uh, I'm going to, to do it where I go in and you know, people can ask questions and, you know, I can talk about the, the writing and publishing, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm doing that on the fourth. I'll also be back in March to the crazy book lady for a multi-author book signing. There'll just be like five or six authors there signing. Um, so that'll be fun as well. I'm doing uh, the Columbus Comic and Toy Show at the Coca-Cola Science Center in Columbus in February. I remember you told me about that one years ago. Yeah, it's February 26th. I've done that one a couple times. Mike, I think Mike went with me one time. And, right. And a couple times. A couple times, yeah. We went one time and we picked, the, we had the wrong weekend. It was, we get down there and it's like, where is everybody? And they're like, oh, yeah. that was last weekend. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but but it was cool. Uh the planetarium. I remember because we we missed it, Mike and I went to the well, we'll we'll go to the planetarium show. And it was Tom Baker. Tom Baker was narrating it. We had a we had a yeah. ball with that. That was fun. That was awesome. Yeah. One year during the convention, they showed my Farragut episode in the planetarium. Up on really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Now it wasn't the whole thing. It was just one, but, but still I got in there and I kind of, you know, introduced it and, you know, here it is and sit back and people were sitting in the planetarium watching it. And that was awesome. That was uh that was one of those cool, fun. Yeah. Like I said, those moments that kind of stick with me. That's, that's definitely one of them. Um, beyond that, I don't really have a whole lot scheduled. I'm supposed to, I'm going to be at Toylanta in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to be there as well. Yeah, I, I told Ricky I'd come do some panels. Um, so I'm putting together some panel ideas for that. I, I won't have a table or anything, but I'll come do some panels. And um, that's a cool show. Um, I'd love to go back for Joe Lanta too. I had a blast there. You know, probably the same thing, just go do some panels or whatever. And um, But that's the only stuff I have firmed up so far for the year. I mean, I'll do... The next ACC is in April. I'll do that. Um, hopefully, I'll be at Dragon Con. You know, I've oh, applied sure. the I've applied the multiverse things like you know. So there's other shows I want to do, and um, I've been talking to a lot of bookstores and libraries about doing more things like I'm doing at the Crazy Book Lady, where I'll do a a talk or a Q and A and a book signing because I've you know because you know I'm not exactly. I'm not a huge draw. Like most people don't know who I am, you know? So it's, there's not a lot of people coming. Not just, in my experience. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. First station one. Circles I run in. Yeah. First station one. That's Bobby Nash's yeah. podcast. Well, yeah. But to the people outside of our sphere. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to add things to, to make it more like appealing. Not just, don't just come buy something, get it signed and go away. Come. Let's talk, ask questions. I'll do a presentation. And, oh, that's something else I'm doing. In uh, April, I'm doing the Atlanta Self-Publishing uh, Conference. I'm going to teach a uh, a workshop there on covers, doing covers for books. So, which is weird because awesome. I don't actually do a lot of my own, but I can talk about, you know, how you design them. We'll talk about different things sure. like that. So. Certainly have had enough experience with yeah. enough books and covers and, and whether they were in your control or not. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's not a uh, convention destination. At least I don't think so. But tell us about Dante, Arizona. Oh, Dante. I did a – it came out last year. So I, I guess I wrote it the year before in 2021. Um, I did a short story for Valhalla Books. They were putting out a anthology called The Devil's Do. And – the the theme of the anthology is like when you make a deal with the devil, it comes with a price. And so every story deals with someone has made some kind of deal with some kind of 
entity or person or bad guy that, and now the bills come due. And so whenever I do themed anthologies, I, the first five ideas that come to me, I just won't do them because I figure if they came to me that easy, somebody else has already pitched that. (laughs) And so I decided, I was like, what's probably something nobody's going to do a Western. So, so I wrote this Western about this tiny town called Dante and it's a, it's a boom town, you know, like think Deadwood, you know, how it's got, you know, gold, they, they discovered gold. So they built a town there. And so the guy, the deal that the guy who settled the town made, that was where he fell and was about to die. He had run out of Mm. food. He had run out of water. His horse had died. He's crawling through the desert on his belly. And he goes, if you let me live, I'll do whatever. And so a mysterious stranger appears and goes, done. Crawl three more feet and you find the gold. You know, you you discover gold. And so this guy becomes a land bear and the town builds up around it. And then in this story, well, the, 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 it's time to pay up and it's a short story. So it it all happens kind of quickly. And the, the payoff gets interrupted and, you know, it kind of leaves it. So it, the ending kind of ends with that. Well, we stopped it, but it could happen again. You know, I just, I like those twists, like twilight zoney endings. I am a big admirer of the way Rod Serling would sometimes hint, you know, he would wrap things up, but he would hint that there's still, there still could be something under the surface. And apparently, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking beyond that. That was just, I thought that was a cool way to end it. And apparently the publisher read it and saw something and goes, okay, so what happens next? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, great. I want to do a novel. (laughs) I'm like, Okay, he goes, great. So figure <laughs> out what happens next. And so so I wrote Dante's showdown, which is where they try again. It's their second chance to pay up. And so we go to put that out, and I was the publisher and I were talking, and it was like people who didn't read the anthology, I don't want them to come in this confused. What what can we do to, you know, get that first story out with the second story? And so our first plan was just to include it in the same book. And as we got to talking, we did, we came up with the idea of just fleshing out the first one. So in the first book, Dante's 10th, we're going to retell that story, but we're going to tell two other stories that lead into the second story. So you got one reprinted story and two new stories in book one, excuse me. And then Dante's showdown is book two, and that's a standalone novella. And then mm-hmm. the plan is the publisher wants to do one a year, I guess, as, as long as they're selling, you know, do one a year. And so, so yeah, so it was decided to do that. And so since we're doing it that way, we're going to release books one and two at the same time. And uh, so that's why they, they're doing the Kickstarter as kind of a pre-order thing. Uh, both books are written. The covers are, they're done. They just have to be printed. That's, that's really all that's, uh, gorgeous covers thank you yes jeffrey hayes uh from plasma fire graphics he's the guy that does snow and the sheriff myers covers mm-hmm. as well um yes those were fun we uh you know jeffrey and i and adam the publisher we we talked back and forth a lot on kind of what we wanted to see and uh you know i had ideas about you know what i would like to see in the cover uh adam had this really smart idea of wanting um he wanted it to be reminiscent of like the 60s and 70s western like splatter covers and so they've kind of got that look to them and so jeffrey took all of that oh yeah and put it together really yeah so so yeah so we're yeah so we're doing that and so we're releasing those um i've already started work on book three um and then it's going to be dante's war unless i change my mind and about the title it's um which happens um because showdown wasn't the first title for book two either uh, so but we're doing the kickstarter through the 31st of january which is basically we've already met because it was a very low goal we just we've already met that basically what we wanted to do was make it kickstarter as pre-orders we're calling it pre-orders with perks you can pre-order <laughs> it you can get autographed books you can get a poster other things yeah. like that so so yeah, so so we're pretty excited, and that's happening 
very quickly. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, excited. absolutely. It is coming to an end soon. So as you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, uh, check it out because you might still be able to jump on board if uh, you get there right away, like as when this episode comes out. But otherwise, uh, like Bobby said, the books will come out and uh, will be out because they have met their goal. And even though they met their goal, that doesn't mean they still can't use some help. And you can this might be the only way you can get some of these perks. So I definitely recommend checking out the Kickstarter. Um, and I can say that I'm a backer as well. So uh yeah it's uh i'm excited for these books i'm excited for everything else that you've got going on um so much so that of course we don't have time for it all but uh but uh bobby it's been really amazing talking to you and catching up with you this uh this this episode thank you it's been it's been really good to be back it's been a while since we've all virtually been in the same room together god it's been really a long time since we've all physically been in the same room so yeah way way too long we're gonna have to do something about that soon uh oh watch out world yes watch out (laughs) let's take a quick break and we'll be back to close up the show Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about The Owl House, Season 3, Episode 2, or I guess, Movie 2? I'm not really sure what we're calling these hour-long Owl House episodes, but the second one is out, and it was absolutely amazing. It actually had about a million views on Disney's YouTube page within the first 24 hours, which is pretty crazy. It really makes me sad that we could have had an entire season to flesh out the collector and see how amazing the creatures and these characters would have actually been. And also just see how amazing the creators could have made this last season. Instead, Disney cut the season and gave them three longer episodes to finish out the story. But one good thing, after how popular with having well over 5 million views within the first few days that the first movie was, they did extend the order for the third episode by 10 or 15 minutes. So we will get a longer last episode whenever it comes out, which I guess is something because Disney did realize, oh, this show was actually really popular. For the Future starts out with all of our young witches and Luce's mother back in Bonesboro. And seeing that the, what the Collector has done and that he's changed everything. Everyone pretty much has been turned into dolls that the Collector uses in his games that he plays with King every day. We see King hiding that Ida is no longer the owl monster. And her sister is trying to figure out how to keep her that way so the curse won't take over. We also see that a group of Hexide students didn't get captured and turned into dolls. Luce's palisman hatches, and we finally get to see what type of witch's staff that she's going to have, and it's really, really cute. We also see the return of Emperor Bellos and how he is now manipulating the Collector, because the Collector's just a lonely kid who doesn't really know how the world works. Like this one, the final episode is going to be insane, and I don't think I'm ready to see how Luce and all the witches and monsters are going to defeat Bellos and also the Collector. And what will happen to all these characters that are just so wonderfully written and created. But I'm sure it's going to be done in a heartbreaking way because that seems to be how these animated shows do it. Sadly, and then they give us a happy ending while still breaking your heart. Or at least I hope so because I really want to see a good conclusion to this story. All I know is I mourn the full season that we could have had. And Disney, as well as other companies that make animation, need to stop being so awful to the entire genre of animation. Because they're literally killing some amazing stuff that people love. And some of it we can't even watch anymore because it's completely gone. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Tune in to The Con Guy Show. Con, as in Comic-Con. We're not out to Kanye. We are Hollywood filmmakers and super fans who cover all the news of the con universe, including the films, the TV shows, the streaming series, the experiences, and the events that fuel your fandom. If you'd find it at Comic-Con, then you'll find it here. Now in our seventh year, the Con Guy Show is a proud member of the ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank Bobby for stopping by tonight. It's been a blast. 
it's been my pleasure. Like I said, it's been been way too long since I hung out with you guys. So we we need to we need to do this again soon in person. Oh, very much so. Uh, very, it's very amazing so. all the work that you've been doing. I mean, I, I can understand why we haven't got a chance to catch up with you because you're just you're you've been. I mean, if last year was any indication, man, uh, there's going to be more where that came from. I'm sure. I hope so. Well, you know, I learned this amazing thing: how when you're at home every weekend, you can get a lot of stuff done. Because <laughs> you know, before before the quarantine and everything. I was at three or four. I was somewhere every weekend at some event. And then, you know, as we've talked about earlier, I'm not a young guy anymore. There was a day or two after it to rest. <laughs> and so, yeah. So being home every day, hey, suddenly work got done. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty amazing, sir. And how can people find you? Uh, BobbyNash.com is my website. That's the hub. There's links to everything I'm on. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. You can find me all through there. And we'll That's definitely awesome. have a link to the Kickstarter oh, on the you. show notes as well. Oh, thank very you. much so. Yeah, very, and if you see me so. on social media, I'm I'm posting it like every other day. <laughs> and the other days that he doesn't do that, he posts pictures of what came in the mail to that day. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's odd. Yesterday, I only posted one thing, and it was like at 11 o'clock at night because I was just so busy, and we were gone part of the day, and and so I just, I didn't have anything to post. And so people were like, are you okay? And I'm like, why? We haven't posted anything today. And I'm like, do I post that much? <laughs> but apparently yes. I do. <laughs> yes. But it's all good. It's all good. Oh, exactly. It'll be, you know, Bobby Nash, super poster. You know, type of, <laughs> hey, though, awesome. you know, it works. I mean, that's how you get to, you know, you got to get out there and beat the bushes and let people know you're there. No, you are a man of, you know, much marketing of yourself, which is really awesome. Awesome, awesome. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yeah, in the last episode, I talked about how I really enjoyed being at Inuhele, and one of the things that made Inuhele so great was seeing all these amazing musicians. But there was one musician in particular that I was really excited to see, because I know him personally, but I've never actually seen him perform with his band. And that's uh, a um, singer-songwriter uh, out of uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, which is really close, I believe, to Chattanooga. And his name is Joel Beaver. And the Joel Beaver band came uh, and kicked major rock and roll butt. Um, he is a multi-instrumentalist, so he does piano, keyboard, guitar, everything. His uh, He's got the lineage, his dad is in the uh, Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Um, and he plays that kind of Rockabilly, uh, Elvis, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, that kind of fun time, good time rock and roll music that, you know, that feel good rock and roll music. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a really great set, really fun show. Uh, he got the crowd right into it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I finally got a chance to see him. So if you are around the Chattanooga area or somewhere in Tennessee, I think that's where he usually plays. I mean, he's always touring too. So uh, if the Joel Beaver Band is coming near you, check it out. Um, you can see all his tour dates and everything like that on on his website. I'll have a link to that, of course, in the show notes as well. That is awesome. Awesome. I might as well do my shout out about music too. Um, over the weekend, my sister was in town and her and her husband are big music heads, even more so than Judy and I. They go to more what? music. They go see more music even than we do. I know. That's not possible. I know. It's shocking. And, you know, they were like, oh, Atlanta has music venues? I didn't even know that. Yeah, type thing. And we took them to Eddie's Attic and stuff. And it was a ton of fun. But we also took them on a little bit of a road trip. And we went down to Macon. And we actually went to the Allman Brothers Band Museum at the Big House. For the folks who don't know, it is um, the house, the band, actually, when they were first starting up in, like, nineteen between 1970 in 1973 they all lived in this house and not just the band members their families and everything hence the name the big house because it is a big house and they've then turned it into a museum they had recording studios in it and it's a really really neat place to go visit and it's just it's just it's a ton of fun it's right off 75 it's not 
all that hard to find and there's billboards and there's signs and everything. So it's advertised and it's just, it's neat to see areas where of such an influential band like the Almond Brothers who were huge to seventies and eighty early eighties and stuff. And was just, you know, this is where creative people, and it's just, it's neat to see this kind of thing and the energies you feel in it and everything. And it's always fun just going to a museum anyway. So it's pretty cool. And a lot of these towns in Atlanta or excuse me, Georgia has places like this, you know, there's, you know, um, I know there's a rock and roll hall of fame for Georgia and, mm -hmm. and then there's also, you know, and I know Athens has a couple places where they have like a lot of like museum pieces and history police places for like the B-52s and REM and stuff like that. And it's just, it's really cool stuff to see. And you don't realize, oh, Ray Charles or, you know, even some of the hip hop and stuff like that. It's all from Georgia. And it's just, it's really cool to see the stuff and everything. So if you ever get a chance, check out even like the local small places. It doesn't have to be these big cities or anything. It's pretty cool, the stuff you can find and everything. Mm -hmm. So definitely check it out, folks. And as you know, Bobby Nash, I'm sure, has been to most of these on one of his many road trips. <laughs> if so. nothing else, we've driven past a lot of them. Exactly. <laughs> He's but there's waved. also, there's a lot of, especially in that area. Like I know there's a, there's a one for trains. There's a plane museum. There's like oh. a military history museum down that way. Down in Warner Robins. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm. It's, it's a couple like aviation museums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. there. It's pretty cool stuff. It is definitely cool stuff. And I know down in, uh, if you go down like even further south, like into Plains and stuff, there's the Jimmy Carter libraries down there and stuff like, well, the museum, the libraries mm -hmm. in Atlanta and everything. Yeah. yeah. So. And then like the Coca, the Coca-Cola Science Center is in Columbus. And then there's a military – because when I go down for the convention, my dad wants to go to the military museum that's in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to – you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Right? And, yeah, uh, a lot of it is like, wow, I had no idea this was here. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. So we'll be back again next week. So please, please, as always, check us out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you folks. We we really can't, you know, trust us. You know, we see our listings and our, see what our listeners are. We definitely couldn't do it without you. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Now, Earth Station One can also be found in video format on YouTube. That's right. You can see these lovely faces. And it's actually cool because, you know, we've recorded so many episodes and we do have a video catalog and backlog and everything. Maybe someday we'll actually post them up there. You never know what we can do. But, you know, as for now, as we always like to say, Please go into YouTube, like, and, you know, give it us a like, hit the subscribe button right underneath, or, you know, just tell your friends and neighbors. We're not proud to beg, you know, we definitely need the help here, you know, on behalf of like myself. Like and share, like and share, like and share. He said it. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, and of course, Bobby Nash. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Stay warm, stay cool, depends on where you're listening to us. And we will see you soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. All right, Nash. Back in the airlock. Back with in you. the airlock. Yes. JD's calling for you. He's already buzzed me twice. <laughs> back in, back in, get <laughs> back in the airlock. We'll you have writing to, to do, dude. Six months, maybe. Try, Come on. Maybe. Try. I, I, I dictate, he types. <laughs> <laughs> right, monkey, right. Yes. Oh, God, oh. that's scary. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. 
We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.